Thank you. Good morning, Hope Point. Thank you. That was nearly enthusiastic. That was, that was really good. Uh, great, great to be back with you again. I always enjoy coming here and feel very much at home. But I have a confession for you. I nearly didn't make it this morning. Uh, we're staying in a hotel in Noosa. We, just, just, we, we flew in yesterday and we're having a week up there, which is fantastic. And uh, we only have one key. So as I walked out of the hotel room this morning, and Fiona's in bed, she she wants to have a nice quiet day today, and I left her with the key so she can go out and do things, I realised I can't get into the car park where the car is. So I had to wait there in the corridor, and then this lady came, and I felt bad because she she was a little bit... the disabled probably is the best word. She has some health issues. So I said, look, I'm really sorry. Could, could I borrow your key? She said, sure. She said, I can't go with you. It would take too long. Can you bring the key back? So I did that. And I went to the car. Then I drove up, up to the, the, the gate of the hotel, expecting that the gate would open. And as I drove up to it, and you need the key to be able to undo the gate. So then I had to ring Ben to say, hey, Ben, I'm hoping to get to the prayer meeting, but just want you to know, I'm in a car park, and there's nothing I can do, and reception doesn't open for half an hour. But anyway, uh, fortuitously, a guy came to take his bins out, uh, and it really worked out well. So here I am. Okay, after all, we're here. Otherwise, uh, Ben Ben would have to preach. But I just want to say thank you to Ben and Rachel for the opportunity to be able to come here again and to say thank you to this church for your support in what we're doing across the majority world. Um, Since I was with you last time, I have stood down as international director uh, to make room for generational change, even though I don't feel like I'm old, even though my hair is grey, white, yes, bald, balding. Apart from that... Uh, It was just time for me to hand across. The mission is now, we're well over 300 missionaries now working in 37 countries. We've seen some incredible increase, which is exciting. But it's time for a new generation to come forward and to take it um, even further. And I know that there's lots happening in the world at the moment. You know, you've got Israel invading Gaza and what Hamas did to Israel and the Ukraine war. All of that's going on. I'm not trying to minimize that. But at the same time, God is doing doing unprecedented things across the nations of the world. We are seeing breakthroughs where we have never seen breakthroughs before. This is a really exciting day to be alive. So I'm not trying to take away from what is happening uh, in the world. It, it is, it's quite serious. But at the same time, God is moving. For example, we have a team in the northeast of India uh, in the state of Assam. And they went to a people group who'd never had the gospel before, had never, ever heard the gospel. When, when they went there, they shared about Jesus and people opened up their hearts. And about 20 people of that village gave their life to Jesus. Now, they had never talked about the Holy Spirit. They went back there a couple of weeks later to disciple them to see how they're going. And they're all speaking in tongues and having visions of God and revelations of God. And they, they are telling our Christian workers what God is about to do in India because uh, they've had these revelations from God. And this is what's happening all across the world at the moment. It's very, very exciting time to be alive. So I know there's gloom and doom, but at the same time, God invisibly, 
and quietly is working in a powerful way right across the nations of the world. It's, uh, it's really exciting. All right, I'm going to come uh, right to my message this morning, and I know that I know I've got something again. Every time I come here, I seem to have a new message. This is a new message as well, and if it goes well here, it will be preached again <laughs> at some point. If you'd like to bring up that first uh, slide, please. I think many of us would recall the incredible true story of the 12 members of the Wild Boar soccer team and their coach who were trapped in, and you'll see a picture up here, the Tham Luang Cave Complex in Chiang Rai in Thailand back in 2018. You may remember that after a soccer match, these boys decided to go for a long walk inside of the cave. And they were in there four kilometres in when there was a massive downpour outside and the cave complex filled with water. And these guys were trapped in there for 18 days until within in quite an incredible opportunity, uh, some men went in there and rescued them. But what a lot of people don't remember is a man, and his picture will be up here, by the name of Saman Gunan. He was 38 years old and he was active in cycling and marathons. He was a highly trained former Thai Navy SEAL. He volunteered to help with the rescue. But while delivering oxygen tanks in strategic places along the route, he died. And he died because his own oxygen levels in his own tanks were in insufficient. He ran out of oxygen. He was so busy caring for other people and rescuing other people, he wasn't aware of his own gauges. He wasn't aware that his own oxygen levels were dangerously low. Now I would suggest that all of us here today, because I know many of you are all very busy and you're very dutiful to fulfill your responsibilities at home and work and church. But today I want to ask you, how are your Oxygen levels. So the title of my message today is Running on Empty. Running on Empty. And we'll be specifically looking at what we are to do if we are running on empty, if our oxygen levels are low. And to do so, we're just going to have a look at one verse of Scripture, a verse found in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 6, which brings us face to face with a very brave man who was running on empty through circumstances not of his own making. And we're going to have a look at what he did to refill his oxygen tanks. Because I believe the Lord is here today to fill you with His Holy Spirit. I believe that you may have come here today in week but you're going to leave this place in strength. I believe today the Lord is here to touch you in a very powerful and meaningful way. But allow me just, just, just to give you the background of the text before we begin to uh, unpack it and apply it to our lives. King Saul had significant character flaws that soon unraveled his leadership. And as a result of his rebellion and his disobedience against God, he was rejected by the Lord. And God chose a new man, David, to be his successor as king over Israel. And as Saul recognized that David had the hand of God upon him, he tried to kill him so that he could retain his rule and dynasty. So for his own safety, David became a man 
on the run. David was being prepared for the throne, but he was in that intervening period between when God gives you a promise and the fulfillment of the promise. He was in that uncomfortable season of preparation and testing, and this delay was shaping his character, his dependence, his resilience upon God. But as this story begins to unfold, life on the run was taking a toll on David. And so to avoid Saul's relentless pursuit of his life and the inevitability of capture, David and his men and their wives and children went to live among the Philistines. And one of the Philistine commanders, Achish, king of Gath, assigned them the city of Ziklag. And about a year or so later, while fulfilling his, his obligations to fight with the Philistines against Saul, David was reluctantly asked to withdraw from their ranks for fear that he would switch sides in the middle of, of the battle. So David and his forces returned to Ziklag to find that it had been raided by the Amalekites and their wives and their children had been forcibly abducted. And David and his men were grief-stricken. And the Bible says that these men wept inconsolably. And I want you to picture these tough, fighting men, doubled over with pain, doubled over with inconsolable grief. Can you imagine the sound of hundreds of men howling with, 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 with grief and pain? And then the men's pent pent-up anger began to turn toward David. In that text it reads, 1 Samuel 30, verse number 6, the men were talking of stoning David. Each one was bitter in his own spirit because of his sons and daughters. This was very serious. David's life was in danger. His men were bitter toward him. And the sentiment was very clear. If it weren't for you, we wouldn't be in this mess. David was alone again. And he was suffering personally because that verse goes on to say, David was greatly distressed. This big, brave giant slayer was crippled by emotional exhaustion, brokenheartedness and distress. He simply couldn't take any more. His oxygen levels were empty. And before we begin to have a look at how he coped, let's quickly do a recap of his life since he first recall, uh, received the call to be king over the nation. Out of raging jealousy, Saul had driven him from his country. Out of mistrusting fear, the, the Philistines had asked him to leave their camp. Out of revenge, the, the Amalekites had raided his hometown. Out of plundering greed, his wives and children had been taken captive by the Amalekites. Out of anguish of hearts, his friends, whom he trusted, whom he had fed and sheltered, were threatening to kill him. So what was David going to do? How was he going to handle this? And the remainder of our verse reads, 1 Samuel 30, verse number 6, But David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength 
in the Lord his God. David recognized that what he could not find in himself, he could find in his God. He may have lacked courage and strength at that moment, but he drew upon the source of all courage and all strength, God himself. When he was at the end of his own internal resources, he drew upon the infinite supply from the life of God. And I would suggest that sometimes we can identify with David because maybe we too are a little bit weary. Perhaps we're dutiful, but the sum total of our responsibilities is taking its toll. And perhaps the stranglehold of fear is threatening to grip our faith and it screams to us, it'll never happen. God's word will never come to pass. Everything is against you. Why don't you just give up and run right now? And if so, we need to develop a capacity like David to find strength in the Lord. We must learn to touch God, to break through, to encourage ourselves in Him and to tap into the unending supply of God's strength. Let me tell you a story, and you may have seen the story on, on the news. There was a, a fisherman, and he was off the coast of New South Wales, and he was about a kilometre off the shore in his little tinny, and he was fishing. And a freak rogue wave came and flipped over his tinny, and fortunately he was wearing a life jacket, and so he was floating there. But to his horror, his boat sank. But he noticed in the distance there, there were a number of rocks that were protruding out of the water. So he swam over to those rocks and it nearly exhausted him getting all the way to the rocks. And he clambered up the rocks above the level of the tide and he hung on to those rocks all night. In the morning... A rescue helicopter came. They located him. They let down a winch and he, and he put the harness on himself and they winched him back up again and they flew him to shore. When he got to shore, there were media waiting for him. And I'll never forget, they, they gathered around him and they shoved the microphone in his face and they asked him, were you afraid? When you were out there in the middle of the ocean hanging on to that rock, were you afraid? And I'll never forget his answer. He said, Oh yeah, he said, I shook, but the rock didn't. He said, I shook, but the rock didn't. And when I heard that story, I thought that's a great analogy of the Christian life. Sometimes we go through things that makes us shake. But I want you to know, friends, even though we may shake, He never shakes. And when we can go to no one else, when we can hold on to nothing else, we can hold on to the character of our great God. When we can turn to nobody else, we can hang, hang on to Him. When everything around us seems to be uncertain, certain. There are some certainties that we can hold on to today, such as the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and the power of God and the Word of God and the promises of God and the Spirit of God and the strength of God. When you can hold on to nothing else and you may feel like you're shaken on the inside today, you can hold on to Jesus. But what did David do? How did he find strength in God? When he was so empty, what did he do to find strength in God? I want to just draw out four quick points. Number one is this. The first thing that David did was he listened 
to his godly friends. And if we are to really find strength in God, then we need to listen to our godly friends. For this is not the first time that David was was empty. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 15 to 18, many years before this story, David was hiding in the stronghold of Ziph. His oxygen levels again were very low. And Saul's son Jonathan had come to him. And there's a powerful little phrase there that we could almost glance over without applying it to our lives. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 16, it reads, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Haresh and helped him find strength in God. The suggestion here is that David was disheartened. Understandably, life in the run was taking its toll. And Jonathan had gone to him expressly to encourage him. And he did so by focusing David on the Lord his God. And there are times in our lives when God will send somebody, perhaps a friend or a preacher or a book, or in this case, our closest friend, to help us find something that we, that we can't do in ourselves, which is find strength in God. Now, that, that text doesn't explicitly tell us how Jonathan encouraged him in the Lord, but the next verse gives a great clue. Verse 17 of 1 Samuel 23 reads, Jonathan said, Do not be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. And even my father Saul knows this. So Jonathan helped him find strength in God by affirming God's anointing, God's call, and God's promise upon David's life. It was like Jonathan was saying to him, David, it may seem like the prevailing circumstance in your life at the moment is threatening to kill the Word of God in you. But I do not want you to be afraid. Harm will not come. Destruction will not come. Death will not come. What God has said, He will do. It will come to pass. Oh, David, I recognize and affirm the call and anointing upon your life. And it is going to come to pass. Do not be afraid. The promise is not dead. You are to rekindle your faith. You are to reawaken your promise. You are to revive your expectation. You are to restore your passion for his presence. For David, it is just a matter of time. And when you have someone like Jonathan speaking into your life, it energizes you. It awakens you to believe God's word. You are enabled to endure the test of delay with fresh resolve and resilience. And may each of us have a Jonathan who speaks into our life, who builds up our lives. And may we today, as a congregation, speak into each other's lives. May we affirm God's prophetic purposes in each other's lives. And there are probably many disheartened people here today waiting for someone to come along beside them and to help them find strength in God. I believe this. 
That God always has the right person at the right time with the right message to encourage us and to fortify our, our, our faith to keep waiting upon the Lord. And in David's case, it was a godly friend. And I want to urge you today to build people around you who love God, who know God, who hear God and are honest enough to speak the truth in love. But I urge you today, talk to your Jonathan. Reach out to your Jonathan. Open up your heart to your Jonathan. Listen to your Jonathan or be a Jonathan, someone who speaks into your life. If we are to find strength in God, sometimes we can't do it ourselves. Reach out to those who are the closest to you and allow them to speak into your heart. Number two, a second thing I see in this text about about how David encouraged himself, found strength in God. Number two is this. He didn't give up and he didn't give in. He didn't give up and he didn't give in. One of the key words from our text today is the word but. David is on the run. His oxygen levels are very low. He's greatly distressed. His wives and children have been abducted and his men are threatening his life. And it could have been very easy for him to capitulate and just give in to the circumstances. He could have said, hey, I've just got nothing left. I've just had enough. I am so empty. But there's this powerful little conjunction there in this verse that says, But David found strength in the Lord his God. But David, he made a decision at that critical moment when he was absolutely empty, when he was at the end of himself. He made a decision that says, I am not going to give up and I am not going to give in. My friends, today, this is absolutely critical. When our oxygen levels are very low, we need to make the right decisions. Things like, I am not going to give up. I am not going to give in. I am not going to be suffocated by my circumstances. And this is the reason why. Because I serve the Lord God Almighty. I serve Him who was and is and is to come. I serve the God who by the word of His power brought the visible universe universe into existence. I serve the Saviour who purchased me by His blood and rescued me from the kingdom of darkness. I serve the living God who indwells me by His Holy Spirit, the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. I serve the God who knows everything that has happened and is happening and will happen. I serve the God who reigns over all of my circumstances. I serve the God who causes all things to work together for my good. I serve the God who will bring me through any and every circumstances so I am not going to give up and I am not going to give in because Jesus is my sufficiency today. Thank you. Oh, you are awake. Thank you. That's great. Discouragement is often the consequence of our negative thinking processes. It is rarely the result of what is happening to us. It is more often how we respond to what is happening to us. David did not choose what happened to him. And, but in his, one of his darkest hours, he did choose to have a good and a godly response. But David 
found strength in the Lord his God. And I want to encourage you in the middle of your circumstance today, you may not have chosen what happens to you, but choose your attitude. Choose your response today to say, I'm going to reach out to, to, to the Lord. Let me give you a really personal, up-to-date example. As you would know, all of us who serve in our organization aren't paid. Uh, all of us who serve in, in World Outreach have to raise our own support. And your church has been supporting us for 13 and a half years, and I really appreciate that. But every now and then, some, some of our supporting churches change pastor. And then inevitably, I get a letter from that pastor, and it always goes the same way. Dear Bruce, we've got a new vision, and we're going a different direction. So I just want you to know we are ending your support in a month's time. And earlier this year, I had two in the same week. Two, two, two of those letters it was a little bit disheartening, because it takes months to find fresh support. Then a few weeks later, one of our longest supporters here in Queensland, he's been with us the whole time, very generous businessman, wrote to me to say, Bruce, I'm retiring in a few months' time, and we're unable to support you from the end of the year. And it was like a, another body blow. Then a few weeks later, I took my wife out for her birthday dinner, and we're driving back in the country, and Skippy jumped out in front of our car. I had the cruise control on AT going down the road, boom, into the right into, right into the middle of, of the car. We didn't even feel it. He did, and he died a worthy death. Um, and uh, he did $20,000 damage to the car. And so we had the excess that, that, that we had to pay for our car. And then a few weeks later, I put my tax return in. And Mr. Taxman wrote back to me this year and said, this year, you owe us. And it was a significant amount of money. And at that point, I was really disheartened. I mean, I can take a few blows. I've been through some things in life. But it was like punch after punch after punch. And, and, but, and I was really getting discouraged and disheartened in my heart and all of a sudden I caught myself but David found strength in the Lord is God I said Lord I not only believe that you can supply our needs I believe that you will supply our needs you know the old saying if it's God's will it is God's bill that Lord I didn't choose to be in this role you chose me to be in this role so I believe that you're going to supply our needs and so then I began to change my attitude and I began to write out some letters to find some fresh support and God turned that whole circumstance around all as a result of a shift in my thinking that says, God, you are a good God. And like David did, he found strength in the Lord his God. And if we believe that God is good, and if we believe that God is in control, then we must make the right decisions when we allow. I want to encourage you to guard your thought life from being polluted by doubt and discouragement, which are like parasites that feed off our negative thoughts. Let's keep things in perspective and not allow what we're going through to grow our of proportion in our own minds. Let's always arrest and apprehend every negative thought that is inconsistent with God's Word, God's nature, and God's will. And may we purposefully and intentionally focus our thoughts upon the goodness and the greatness and the faithfulness and the power and the promises of God. And may we have a fresh resolve today that says, I'm going to reach out to God and I'm not going to give up. I am not going to give in. I'm going to lay hold of God. But David. Number three. 
A third thing I see in the scripture about how David found strength in the Lord his God is this. Number three, he derived his strength directly from God himself. He derived his strength directly from God himself. Now this text doesn't tell us how. All it says is, but David found strength in the Lord his God. And so the application to our lives is this. Whenever our oxygen levels are low, we've got to do whatever we can through whatever means works best for us to touch God. People reach out to God in many different ways. And there is not one ideal method or means. It is as individual as, as the uniqueness of our personality here today. But here are some ideas for you. Maybe play a worship song or worship God from your heart until you sense his presence. Or maybe plan a time of dedicated prayer and fasting to seek the Lord. Or maybe withdraw somewhere really quiet where you can just engage in silent, meditative prayer to wait upon the Lord. Or maybe walk on a beach or in the bush just to still your heart and mind. Or attend the church prayer meeting or Sunday service where there is life-giving ministry. And the goal of these illustrative methods is to encourage you to engage with God through whatever way works best for you to lay hold of Him. Learn to derive your strength directly from God Himself. For it says here, but David encouraged himself or found strength in the Lord his God. Again, let me just, just give you an example. Not Friday just gone, but, but the Friday before. My mother-in-law is in an aged care facility and she aspirated. We're not sure whether she vomited and swallowed it or ate something and it got into her lungs and we received a call that she was on her way to the hospital and within 43 hours from that first call to last Sunday morning when I'm preaching in a church, my mother-in-law died. And my, my wife was really quite disheartened and, you know, as you would know, going through a grieving process. And it's been a really tough week. And on Friday, we, we buried her in Melbourne and had the celebration of her life and the memory of her life. And then had the family back that, that, that afternoon. And then with all the family gone, we had to pack our bags uh, to come here to be able to preach on Sunday. And yesterday, I'm emotionally, mentally, absolutely wiped out. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I just had nothing left. I was running on empty. But I made a decision. But David... And I went into my room and I opened up the iPad and just began to play some worship songs. And there was one of them there, uh, Waymaker, Miracle Way, uh, Worker, you know, that, you, know, you know that song. And, I, and, I, and as that song was playing, I started to sing along and something happened in my heart. I was reaching out to God. Lord, I cannot minister to this church on empty. I need a touch from you. And suddenly it was like heaven just opened and the glory of the Lord just filled my life. And it's like he poured strength into me. I was learning to derive my strength directly from God himself. And within about a 40 to 45 minute period, my whole life went from being absolutely empty to being on fire and wanting to be here today except being locked in a garage. I wanted to be here today as a result of learning to derive your strength directly from God himself. I want to encourage you today, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're facing, to realize that your God is available right here, right now. And as we reach out to him, something happens. And number four, the last one, 
because he wants his hot dogs. Number four, how, how can we find strength in the Lord our God? How can we refill our oxygen tanks? Number four, through persistent prayer, especially asking for more of the Holy Spirit. How can we refill our oxygen tanks? Persistent prayer, especially asking God for more of His Holy Spirit. The source of all the strength that you need to be what God has called you to be and to do what God has called you to do is God's Holy Spirit. And one of my favorite verses is that one found in Ephesians 3.16 that says, I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. He strengthens us. Or let, let me put it a different way, using the, 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 the metaphor I started with. He refills your oxygen tanks. But how do we appropriate this to our lives? One of the keys is to pour out our heart to the Lord in persistent, specific and heartfelt prayer. I want to encourage you to hold nothing back, but freely pour out your feelings to God, to cry out to Him, to seek Him, and to call upon His name. And it is vital that we persevere in prayer and not give up. And this was one of the, of the points of the, of, the, of the parable of the persistent widow that we find in Luke 18, verses 1, 1 to 8. And at the very end of that parable, Jesus said that God will answer the prayers of those in verse 7 who cry out to Him day and night. Who cry out to Him day and night. In other words, they are persistent in prayer. Now, Jesus had spoken on, on, on persistence in prayer earlier in the book of Luke, in chapter 11, verses 1, 1 to 11. And it's very significant in that passage that the disciples, the future leaders of the church, never asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to preach. On the contrary, one of them asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And in reply, Jesus gave another version of the Lord's Prayer. But then he told the parable of the friend who wanted bread in the middle of the night. Do you remember that parable? When a man is asleep with all his family in the one room, in the, in the one bed, and a friend comes and pounds on his door and says, give me bread. And he says, hey, it's the middle of the night. We're all settled. All the kids are settled. I can't come. And yet this man kept, kept persisting and pounding on the door to give me bread. And the message of the parable was that even though his friend inside was reluctant and resistant, yet in verse 8 of Luke 11 it says, yet because of his friend's persistence in asking, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. It was interesting when I did a word study there, the word persistence can sometimes be translated as boldness. So what we learn from that is that the bold and the persistent get answers to prayer. And in the same flow of thought, Jesus responded to the disciple who had asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And in verse 9, he said, ask 
and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And the principle here is that if we will ask, we've got to keep on asking. And if we seek, we've got to keep on seeking. And if we knock, we have to keep on knocking. For Jesus gave us the assurance in verse 10 there, everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. And the application is, That when we reach out to God in prayer, we must not slack off. We must not stop, but keep asking audaciously and tenaciously. But this wasn't the end of his teaching on prayer. This rich teaching on prayer concluded with Jesus contrasting human fathers and our heavenly father. Verses 11 and 12 says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. And it's almost ludicrous that any earthly father would contemplate that. But then Jesus said, verse 13, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the point. At the very start of the passage, someone asked him, Jesus Teach us to pray. Jesus' answer was, you need to pray for more of the Holy Spirit, a gift that his Father would lavishly pour out upon those who persistently seek him. So her point this morning, this is the cry of my heart today, that if you are running on empty and your oxygen levels are low, the best thing to do is pray. And maybe you're saying, but what do I pray for? Jesus has just told us we are to pray for more of his Holy Spirit in our lives. So that ultimately, when we find strength, we find strength through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you before we walk out of these doors and eat our hot dogs today, may we be people who cry out for the strength of God, who cry out for the Spirit of God inside of our lives because His power is here and His power is real. So finally, David did find strength in God But his family and those of his men were still in the Amalekite camp. And in 1 Samuel 30, verse number 8, it says, David inquired of the Lord to know what what to do. And he asked, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And the Lord spoke to David and said, certainly overtake them and succeed in, in the rescue. So despite his weariness, David and his men went and they fought the Amalekites for 24 hours. Here's the point. They took back everything that had been robbed from them. And 1 Samuel 30 verse 19 reads, Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. And so the lesson we learn there is this, is that when you get your strength back, you go and take back everything your adversary has robbed from you. Maybe you've had your joy robbed. Maybe you've had your health robbed. Maybe there's some family members who've been robbed from you. I want to encourage you in the name of Jesus, take back what has been robbed from you. When you are strong, be victorious in Jesus' name. So today, in summary, we're asking the question, How can we keep our oxygen levels up? 
How, how can we find strength in God? And we've seen four things. Number one, we've seen that if, if we are to find strength in God, firstly, we need to listen to our godly friends. I want to encourage you today, don't battle on in your own strength, but reach out to others, other people that know God, love God, and walk with God, and just pour out your heart to them and listen to what they have to say. We're not an island. We're a community. We're a family. We are joined together in his name. May there be that sense of family when we are low. Number, number two, don't give in and don't give up. In, in, in other words, oh, sorry, Siri's just talking to me here. Siri, shut up. <laughs> Turn off. She just spoke to me. It wasn't the voice of God. So importantly, that if your oxygen levels are low, don't give in and don't give up. I'll take her to my iPad off. She's, she won't stop. There's a line there, but I'm not going there. Uh, number two, don't, don't give up and don't, don't give in. Number three, it's really important when our oxygen levels are low to derive our strength directly from God himself. And number four, by persistent prayer, especially asking for more of the Holy Spirit of God. Would you mind standing with me today? And just as we stand in the presence of God, we're going to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit to come. And I would love to just pray a prayer over you. Now, I, I realize that we, we, we're going to close our service in a few minutes' time. But I'm going to hang back here. And I'm happy to pray for anybody who wants prayer, prayer today. But before I do that, I want you, where you are, to reach out to God in your own way. David found strength in the Lord his God. He didn't have a local church like you have. He didn't have a community of faith like you have. But he learned to lay hold of God. I want to encourage you to, to reach out to him if your energy levels are low this morning. But why don't we just welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit today. Hallelujah. Our Father, we are in your presence. We thank you that you are the God of David. And through Christ Jesus, you are our God who indwells us by your spirit. And we thank you that, Lord, you are here. For we are gathering in your house that we may meet with you. Oh, God, today I call out to you that you would just begin to pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, into every hungry person, into every person that, Lord, is leaning in, into every person that's opening up their heart. Lord, I pray every person that's reaching out to you, I pray that, Lord, you would just begin to fill them and fill them, Lord, I pray, with your Holy Spirit. We need your Holy Spirit, Lord. We are weak, Lord, but you are strong. We are often empty, but, Lord, you are always full. Lord, we are often frail, but, Lord, you are our strength. We call upon you today, Lord. We reach out to you today in the name of Jesus. I call upon you in the name of Jesus that, Lord, today you would pour out your Holy Spirit I pray upon each and every person and upon this church. I pray that, Lord, every weak person will begin to know an infusion of divine strength into their life today. I pray that, as Jesus spoke, that there will be rivers of living water that will gush out from within them, Father. I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I take a stand against all power of, Lord, of discouragement, all power of fear, Lord, that would seek to suffocate your life and your promise and your call. And, Lord, the health 
of the people here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just mightily touch people and Lord, and set them free. We call upon you, Lord, for the mighty power of your Holy Spirit to touch each and every heart, Father, in Jesus' name. Help people, Lord, to take back everything that, Lord, has been robbed from them. And I pray today that, Lord, that you would put a divine energy in people and a strength in people and a vitality in people, Lord, to stand their ground and to stand strong. So, Lord, today I bless your people in Jesus' name. Friends, why don't we just let's lift our hands to the Lord today and just begin to speak in other tongues together. Just begin to speak in other tongues. I mean, really pray. Pray in the Spirit today. Stir up your inner person and begin to reach out to Him. Let's begin to cry out for more of Him. Cry out for more of His presence. Cry out for His touch today. Oh, we need you, Jesus. We need you. We need your Holy Spirit, Lord. We need your mighty power. Lambate de de kisitraka to tushtala madosondo, i keriasa di brandere barikoso, hi la 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 kisiti, i samrande stinde deka, hundalalele o suprandereka. How we need you, Lord. How we need you, Lord. You are in control. You are the sovereign Lord. Thank you, Lord, today. I really feel to pray, to pray for the men today, particularly the men. I know this story relates to everyone here, but it's about a tough guy who through no circumstances of his own was absolutely empty. And I just want to pray, I just feel to pray for the men who, who are here today. And uh, why don't, uh, just some ladies who are around about the men, just lay your hand on their shoulders today and just, just begin to pray for them that God would just touch the men. Hallelujah. And men, just like David, just reach out to God today. Just reach out to Him. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would send a fresh fire to each and every man, Lord. I pray that you would build them up, that you would strengthen, encourage, and comfort, that you would strengthen and encourage and comfort each and every man. I pray that they would know an infusion of strength today, that, Lord, they would just know, Lord, a refreshing that comes by the power of your Holy Spirit. I'm praying that, Lord, today you would strengthen them, Lord, I pray in their roles, and you would renew them. Lord, you would revitalize them today, Father, I pray. Let them rise, I pray, as men of God, as men of prayer, Lord God, I pray. As selfless men, Lord, I pray, who would give their lives to the lives of others. Let them be strong in heart and strong in mind, Lord, and strong in body. I, Lord, bless the men of this church today in the name of Jesus, that they would be Davids in their generation. They would be Daniels in their generation. They would be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's, Lord, in their generation. I bless these men. Men, Lord, today, in the name.
name of Jesus. Thank you, that Lord. They are not failures and they are not failing. In your eyes, Lord, they are loved and they are strong. And I speak into their lives, Lord, today that they would be strong and courageous like Joshua. In the name of Jesus, be strong. Be courageous in Jesus' name. I bless you today. I bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to hand back to Ben, but I'm going to hang around here if anybody wants some prayer today too. Thank you, Ben.